there's been uh, times in my life when I was like this guy. I imagine he was thinking, there's got to be something better than this. You know, there's got something, there has to be something that changes. This is, you know, wow, I I need a change. And so uh, maybe you've been there and, and you thought you needed, something in your life needed to make a shift, and so you did everything you could, and you actually succeeded in changing some stuff, and, you know, a change of job, a change of, bat, you know, you just needed a fresh start or something like that, and, and you did it. And then a little while later, you realize, you know, that, that, that ick, that, mm, it's still there. You know, I made this change, and, but it didn't, it didn't take care of that feeling inside that, Oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't the change I needed. I mean, it might have been great. It might have been a good thing for you, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't everything I was looking for. And then you realize, oh, I need a change. Something about me needs to change. Something maybe deep inside me needs to change. Well, um, that type of change is the kind of change that happens at your core, that, that can it can shift the paradigm of your life. It can, it can change everything. And now, last week, we started talking about this. You know, I need a change. And this week, what we're going to do is we're going to narrow it down a little bit. And we're going to talk about something specific, you know, about change. Now, I know last week, if you were here last week, I told you that we're going to be, today's message title was going to be Change, Conflict, Growth. And I, like, said it twice. Well, we decided to change that. And, uh, and that's going to be next week instead. And today, what it's going to be, what we're doing is reaching out. And and, and so let, let's get rolling with that. I have here my uh, golf club, my, my driver. Uh, and this is actually the best driver in the entire world. And I'll tell you why. It's because it was free. Uh, free is, is good, you know. Um, I got it from a... Uh, a friend said, hey, I saw these, I'm a lefty, if you didn't notice, I'm a lefty, and, and they said, hey, we got this, um, we, my friend had a garage sale, and they tried to sell these golf clubs, well, nobody wanted them, so they said, you can have them if you want, I'll take them, I'll take them, so this free golf set is the, I mean, this, these, this club set is the best one I've ever had, and again, this was, it was free, well, how many, anybody here play golf, okay, you know, it's not the easiest game in the world, um, I found out, I've realized why the pros are so good. It's because they hit a million golf balls and they, they do it over and over and over. And so, you know, I'm not that good. I, I'm, I'm really not. And, you know, I've been playing with my son who's going to be going into the army soon. And, you know, he's, he's already, he's sworn in. He's a senior in high school right now. And um, it's just, I started thinking, man, I'm going to spend some time with him. You know, before he heads out, and, and I just want to have, you know, do, do some things. So I said, let's start playing golf on Fridays. And so he's like, okay. So we go out there, and guys, I'm really bad. <laughs> I really am, and I know that. I mean, the guys that I played with on Friday could tell you, and they would probably be really nice to me, but and honestly, in the back of their head, they're thinking, yeah, dude, you're right, you're not any good. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, but I started thinking, well, if I'm going to change, and I'm, I'm going to get any better, something... Something has to happen. I admitted real quickly that I couldn't change it myself because I tried, and it didn't work. So I knew I needed help to change it. But here's what I did. I kind of held off for a little while reaching out for help to change. You know, there's a golf pro that you can take lessons, 
And, and here's why I kind of held off on doing that. Number one, I was afraid of what it would cost. And especially because I was going to pay for my son too, you know, and, and, and we ended up doing it. And, and a lot of times he would hit the shot and the golf pro got, she said, holy moly, like, like he smacked that ball. And when I got up there, it's like, Chad, you need to fix this. I never got one holy moly from her. Um, but, you know, I held off on actually doing that because I was afraid of what it might cost. And there's another, another reason, um, because you, you got to, if you really think about it, it can be kind of. You know, embarrassing. I don't want her to see how bad I really am. You know, I don't want her to see how awful my swing really is. I'll just, you know, I'll just make it work and, you know, I'm just, I don't want people to see. But the truth is everybody already saw. I just, you know, it took me a little bit to work up the courage to reach out. So I finally did. We took a lesson and even though I am um, still not a great golfer, um, still do awful, I at least have a, something did change for me. I know how, to, how I'm supposed to get ready. I know how I'm supposed to address the ball. And I'm not saying I do it perfectly, but I, I, I now know stuff I didn't know before. And so it's, I still have a lot of practice and a long way to go. But I started because I, I decided I'm going to reach out for that change. Now, the instructor was great. She was fantastic. I just had to deal with me. Well, um, I'm so glad to say that real change has began, begun and Again, for the, anybody I played with on Friday, I, I really have changed, even though it doesn't look like it so much. Um, it, it's coming, though. It's coming. Now, I have a question. Have, have any of you been there with something in your life where you're, where you're like, well, I, I know I need a change. I know there's this part that something in me needs. I, I got it. I'll admit it. But I'm, I, you know, I'm, I struggle with actually reaching out to God for help about it. I, I struggle a little bit, and you know, maybe you're afraid of the cost, what it's going to cost you. Maybe you're afraid of the uh, embarrassment of, of you know, the fact that you have this issue, or you, maybe you're afraid of failing. That's probably part of my golf thing, too. I'm just afraid of getting out there and never improving. Well, if you say, yeah, I've dealt with that, too, then you're absolutely in the right place. Um, I, I've got a story from the Bible that talks about this very thing, and, and it will help us in our, I guess in our, we could call it our quest to change, when we really realize that we need to change. And so uh, the, the story is in the book of Mark chapter 5, and I'll set it up for you. There's this, um, uh, Jesus is walking down the road, and back in, then he was being mobbed. You know, imagine, imagine some real famous person uh, walking down the, the you know, downtown, and, and it was all broadcast everywhere that they're going to be here, and they just get mobbed by a bunch of people, and no, they got some secret service. We'll pretend like the 12 disciples are secret service. Hey, I got a guy with the, I got a guy with a slingshot over here. You got to watch him, you know. So just kind of get that in your head. There's those people mobbed around Jesus, and he's walking down the road. Well, that, that's what's happening, and so let's, let's pick up the story. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So, all right, we'll pause a second. This lady, um, she's had this issue. She's had this physical problem, and for 12 years, she's been suffering. And, and she spent all the, you know, it says she spent their money. I mean, she gave everything she had, and um, she didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, she got worse. Now, just maybe it's possible that you've, you've experienced something like this. 
real, I need to change, and so I'm gonna try my best, I'm gonna reach out, but it, it only got worse. Well, that's where she was. Now, I keep going. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him. That's, that's important. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she did it. She made her way through the crowd and she reached out and uh, t- t- got hold of the, the, his clothing, the, the robe he was wearing, and, and immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. That had to be a great day for her. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Now, his disciples, remember, there's a mob of people, right? And they're all trying to keep them, you know, away so Jesus can walk, walk around. And, and, and they said, look at this crowd pressing around you. How could you ask who touched me? I mean, come on, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So let's look at this story. Um, She'd been hemorrhaging for 12 long years. That's a a long time. And and the religious elite of that day, that culture, uh, in that culture, this, this woman would have been like an outcast, Okay, they, they, she would have been pushed aside. She, as a matter of fact, she probably wasn't a, supposed to touch anybody. She wasn't supposed to be around anybody. Um, that, I mean, she had been labeled with this problem. And um, the, the, the movers and shakers of society saw her as the bottom of the barrel. That was the way that she was viewed. Now, uh, may, may, you might even be in here today and say, I, I can... I can relate to that. I kind of feel like that now. Like I'm like off by myself. I've got maybe this issue or problem and I'm, I'm not as good as everybody else. I you know, feel like people treat me like I'm less than other people. You, you might be saying, you know, I, I don't have a, maybe a physical problem, but I've been hemorrhaging in my finances for years. Something, something needs to change. My, I've, you know, the, the health of my marriage has been hemorrhaging for years. And it hasn't got any better. It's actually gotten worse. I'm, I've been trying to raise these kids right, but oh my gosh. I feel like nothing's getting any better. Or I've had this habit for a long time and it's, and it's only gotten worse. I've hidden it, you know, and maybe nobody knows, but it hasn't, hasn't gotten any better. Listen very, very carefully. God has a fix for all of that. For every one of those things and anything else you can mention, God has a fix for it. But, but you still, I mean, you be honestly, I mean, or honestly, you could be here saying, I, I've been trying and trying and trying, but nothing seems to work. I know I need a change, but I, I can't seem to do it. Well, let's zero in for a second on this, this lady's story to see what we can identify with, and maybe what we can learn from it. The first thing is this. She made futile attempts to change. She made futile attempts to change. Verse 26, we read, but she did all this stuff, but she had gotten no better. She had thrown her money at the problem. She, she went 
to, she tried to fix it. I mean, she went to doctors and, and they couldn't help her. And, and I have no doubt that after 12 years of suffering with this, that she probably had tried everything in the book. I mean, she, she probably tried uh, advice from people that had no idea what they were talking about. Well, why don't you try this? Well, maybe you should try that. And, and, and friends meaning well, but you know, they're just trying to give her advice coming off the top of their head. Uh, and uh, it, it still wasn't working. And you know, have you been there? Where you tried to throw money at your problem. Well, if I just do this, I'll fix it. Or maybe you're, you know, well, maybe if I just work a little harder and I stay away from home longer or you know, whatever, I'm gonna just try to fix it this way. Or, or your willpower. I know, well, it may not be anybody here in the 830 service, but there's probably people in the 1030 service that got a really strong will and they're a little stubborn. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just make it through it. I'll just bear down and, and I'll just, you know, push forward and I'll, I can do this. But when you're honest, it really hadn't changed. Maybe you've actually even tried stupid advice from people or advice from stupid people, however you want to uh, call it. But, you know, you've tried that, but your marriage, your kids, your life just seems to get worse and you still need a change. Well, futile attempts won't work. I'm not, I'm not making fun of this lady. I mean, she, she worked up the courage to do what she did. So I'm just saying she, in the past, had tried things. So I have a question. You know, what futile attempts have you made? You know, just think for a sec. What, what have I tried and it hasn't worked? This part, of, I know I need a change, but, and, and I've tried this and this and this and this, or, or maybe one thing or a hundred things and it didn't work. So on that handout that you have, there's actually a line. There's a question in here, the same thing you see on the screen. What futile attempts have you made? And there's a line there. And so I want to ask you to do something. Pull out a pen or a pencil or, or something and write down on that line exactly that. What, what futile attempts have you made that haven't worked? I'll, I'll give you about 30 seconds. Thirty seconds of silence is a long time. Now, this, this paper isn't for you to give to somebody else or let other people see, and it's for you. You know, we're, we're trying to work into this change. So that's the first thing, futile attempts. The second thing uh, with Our Lady is she dealt with shame. In, in, in verse 27, I even pointed this out, so she came up behind him. Now, just, just think rationally for a second. If you needed something from me or somebody else, what would you do? I mean, and you, were, you were there in person. You would walk up in front of them to talk to them, to ask them, to, you know, eye to eye. I doubt that anybody here would walk up behind somebody and, and say, hey, can you, you know, you wouldn't do that. It would be, I'm going to come straight up to you. She dealt with shame and, you know, her culture actually helped perpetuate that. But, you know, shame is pretty wicked. Shame will stop, shame will hurt you. Um, and now, it didn't stop her completely. 
She was able to push through it. So she had to, but she had to deal with it. And it shows even how she approached Jesus. And shame can actually stop us from reaching out to God for real change. You know, what it makes us do is say, well, I know I need this change, but I'm just going to, I'm going to cover it up. I'm just going to, I'm just, you know, we're not going to talk about it. I'll just try to deal with it. Or it makes you think stuff like, you know, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because I've tried to change this and it hasn't worked. I have failed. And, and, And I've seen other people beat the same problem, but I haven't been able to do it. I'm a, I'm a failure. That's shame. Maybe you've thought, you know, I'm, maybe I'm just not good enough. This is just the way my life's meant to be. And, you know, I'll never be good enough to change this. Now, you know, it could be that you're here thinking, if they knew, if anybody knew what I was dealing with, they wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't like me anymore. They wouldn't be my friends. They'd throw me out of the family. They, you know, if, if they knew what I was struggling with, they, it'd be over. I would be all alone. If they knew the stuff, if they knew you know, the things that were deep down that I was thinking about, oh, people would, would reject me immediately. This, this is shame. I mean, it's fear and shame together. We're going to do fear in a second, though. But you know, if they knew how ugly this was or if they knew... How weak I am. Shame. So uh, this, this lady dealt with shame. She'd been shamed by society. So I have another question for you. Um, what shame has stopped you from reaching out? And, and I know this is going to be a surprise to you, but there's another line on that handout. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to write something down. What, what, is some, what shame has stopped you from really reaching out to God for a change? The third thing our, our, our lady had dealt with that we see in the story is she dealt with fear. Uh, we read, then the frightened woman, you know, came and bowed, you know, before Jesus. And, you know, she was afraid then because, oh, my gosh, this worked. But now I'm afraid of what's going to happen. You know, what, what's he going to do? And fear can stop you from actually reaching out for real change. You need a change, but you're, you know, afraid of what it might mean um, or what it might cost. Me and, the, me and the, you know, the whole golf thing, I was afraid of what this, this is a golf pro, what's it going to cost me to spend time with them, you know? Well, if you want to change. Uh, but maybe, maybe you're, you know, afraid of what it requires or that you might have to get out of your comfort zone. To change. That's fear, you know. Um, th- this lady had to be dealing with fear um, because she wasn't supposed to touch anybody. What's going to happen to me when I do this? She got past the shame part, okay, but now what's going to really happen? 
Am I, am I not going to get to have fun anymore if I make this change? Uh, she wasn't having fun. I'm talking about me and you. Am I not going to be able to have fun if, if, you know, if I make this change that really needs to happen? I know it needs to, but what is that gonna, what's that going to mean? Here's what happens. Fear will convince you that to let God change you, um, it won't be worth it. You won't get to do the thing. You won't get to enjoy life anymore because I'm going to have to change this. And I, the tr- <laughs> a lot of times the truth is I like some of what I need to change. I know it needs to change, but I kind of like it a little bit. Fear will tell you you won't get to have fun anymore. You're going to be stuck. It's going to cost you too much. You won't be able to do it. And I want to tell you something this morning. That is a flat out lie. It is a flat out lie. Letting God change you for the better is always worth it. It's always worth it. Um, It doesn't really cost you. Actually, you gain so, so, so much. Um, And a fixed you is way more fun than a broken you. Way more fun. Our, our, our lady in our story, she reached out in spite of being afraid. And you know, Jesus could have humiliated her right then and there. I mean, he could have, I mean, she didn't have any right to come up and touch him. Especially in, in that day, in that era, you know, things were even you know, different today. I mean, he could have just hammered her. He could have had her thrown out of the city. But she didn't care. She got to the point where, okay, fear, you're not going to beat me today. You're not going to beat me. I'm, I'm, I'm going past it because I need a change. She, she, decided, I, I, she decided to Nike it, and she just told herself, just do it, baby. Just do it. <laughs> so then that leads us to another question. What fear has stopped you from reaching out? And yes, there's another line. Write something down. I mean, if, you, if you're in the place where I need a, I, something about me needs to change, what, what fear has stopped you from doing that? And this is just so you can see it and identify it. So I'll give you, I'll give you another. I'm going to do 20 seconds this time. And the final thing, number four. Something we see that she had to do in this story was she had to let go of everything else to grab hold of Jesus. She had to be all in. We read, you know, she had to go through the crowd. Can you imagine what the crowd was saying and had said about her? As she's pushing through them, well, who, who are you? What are you doing? You're not supposed to be touching people. Get out of the way. And maybe she got pushed. Maybe people were making fun of her. The story doesn't really, you know, tell us that, what, what happened. But if you, these people knew her. They knew she wasn't supposed to be there. How many times has she been called this or told this is what all you're ever going to be? Because, you know, they, they thought, and the mentality of the day was, but she has this Bleeding, hemorrhaging problem is probably because of a sin that she committed. So she's paying for it. 
And so that was a lot of their mentalities. You know, I'm telling you, that culture thought that a lot. And so she, she had to deal with all of these things. And, you know, she had to decide, I'm just going to let all of that go. Everything I've been convinced of, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let it go and I'm going to give this a shot. Are there um, thoughts that if you need a change that you have to deal with as well? Are there some things that maybe you need to let go of? I'll be honest with everybody here. This is the biggest one for me. Out of these four, this is the biggest one. I need to let go of, you know, well, I think I can figure this out. You know, I, I think I'm, you know, fairly semi sort of smart enough to deal with this. Obviously not because I haven't been able to change it. You know, thoughts like, well, maybe this other thing would, will work instead. Maybe I haven't tried hard enough on my own yet before I try this God stuff that's going to make me. See, then they all start to tie together. Before I try to, this God thing that, you know, uh, it'll make me have to change this and I won't have any fun. And you know, I don't really want to go there and be old and stuffy and boring like these old people that go to church all the time. Well, these old people that go to church all the time and that you're talking about, um, they're having a whole lot more fun in life than you are. Because they've grabbed hold of Jesus. It's, it's, it's a big deal. You know, um, if you hold on to the wrong stuff, listen very, very, very carefully. If you haven't, if you've like been falling asleep because it's early and you didn't drink your coffee this morning, wake up for a second. If you hold on to the wrong stuff in your life, you are going to suffer. You are going to suffer. Now, Ed and I have really talked a lot about me repeating myself during messages. Um, <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a default. I got to try to break free from, I did kids church for so many years. And for kids, you got to tell them the same thing like a hundred bazillion times. Right. And so I, I try to oh, not, not repeat, but I'm going I'm to say this again on purpose. If you hold on to the wrong things, you are going to suffer. And if you think about it, a lot of you, if you're in that spot, you know, what I'm telling you is true. Um, but if you reach out and you grab hold of Jesus instead, you can change. You will see change, um, good change in your life. Now, I know what I'm saying is, you know, I'm saying it's kind of easy, right, for me to say it, but we're talking about big deals here, major life events. So what, what do you need to let go of so you can reach out to Jesus? You know, what is it? I mean, you know, if you're in the spot, I know I need a change. What do you need to let go of? Because sometimes we're just holding on to the thing that is stopping the change. So you have another, another line, right? Write something down. We'll get, y'all, y'all got this down now. Let me give you 15 seconds. What is it that you need to let go of? so that you can actually reach out to Jesus. For me, it was, uh, I can think of one specific thing in my life where it was, oh God, I, and I knew, I knew I needed to change. I, I knew, and a lot of times you know that God is saying to you in your heart, okay, you need to change, I wanna change you. I'll just go this direction and I'm going to take care of it. Well, I don't want to go that direction. 
because uh, I think I know what will happen if I go that direction. I am not smarter than God, and you are not smarter than God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I know that that's a shock to you, but you're not. If you need a change, if you need a real change, um, I want to. We're just going to bring all this together right here. And you know, this gal's hemorrhaging stopped the moment she reached out. As soon as she reached out and went past all of those things, she reached out to God. The, you know how she knew how, and uh, everything changed for her. Now, it may be immediate for me and you. It was immediate for her. And I'll be honest, sometimes I believe it's a process. But something initially changes. Like, like me and my, my golf game, right? Right now, I'm still bad. <laughs> I really am. I'm really bad. And, but I, something has changed. The way I see it now has changed. The, my, my, just internally, the way I, I've, I view it has changed. Because I reached out for help. So I understand something now before. Well, um, unfortunately, the golf pro was not God and she couldn't perform miracles. But I'm on, I'm on the path to change. But, but God is God and he can do miracles. And he can totally change things in just, a, just that quick. Sometimes he expects us to work on it. Sometimes he expects us to do stuff, but if you, got, if you understand, you've grabbed hold of Jesus, change can happen. So here's a few things. Here's what you and I should do. Give up those futile attempts. They're a waste of your time. They are a waste of your time. Have you ever gone to the doctor or you tried this thing or you bought this program or, you know... You bought this as seen on TV thing and you thought that was a waste of my time and money. Futile attempts are a waste of time. And, and they're gonna steal your quality of life. Think about this, the, our lady, our gal, uh, 12 years. Now, now if you're one of, you know, a Bible scholar, you might say, wait a minute, 12 years, Jesus probably hadn't even started his ministry yet and she wouldn't, okay, but she could have reached out to God. You know, but this is just the way it ended up happening for her where she got past all of these things. And I'm so glad she did. I'm glad to hear that she, you know, made it. But how long did she suffer? How long have you suffered? Suffer, it needs to be over. Let, let, let's finish it. Um, give up the futile attempts. Now, and the next thing is shut down shame. Just kick it in the teeth and say, I'm done. Don't worry about what other people think when you say, you know what? I need help with this. Here, this is something that's not in the notes here. Uh, sometimes we just go ahead and accept the fact that this is the way it's going to be and other people that have accepted the fact that that's the way it's going to be for, him, for them and you get in there with them and so you all suffer together and nobody gets any better. Sometimes it's time to say, you know what? I can't hang around you anymore or I can't hang around with that anymore. This is going to change for me because I'm going to grab hold of God. Sometimes that's, that's, a, that's not even under shame. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, don't worry about other people's opinion. They're not living your life. They won't stand before God with you. You're going to be by yourself. Um, and, and by the way, God's not going to be shocked. And he's, gonna, he's not going to like text Jesus and say, O-M, like O myself, right? <laughs> I'll tell Ed that, that went good. That was his joke. Um, 
God's not shocked. He knows. He knows what you're struggling with. He's just waiting for you to reach out and be willing to let go. The next thing is focus on God and not your fears. Fears will win by default if you focus on them. They will stop you from doing anything and you'll stay where you were. It's just like a default, like a, I gave up, like I just didn't show up. We don't want to do that. Fear will kill change before it stops, before it starts. You know, fear of what it costs, fear of the unknown. If you need to change, just grab hold of God and finally let go. Let go and reach out. The sooner you let go of the things you're holding on to that you shouldn't, the sooner the pain quits, the sooner the change happens. Uh, by the way, I said this already, but, but let, me, let me just recap. Jesus honored her. He didn't embarrass her. What she might have been afraid he would say, the shame she thought she might feel, none of that happened. She came to him, she reached out, touched him, she had this problem, and Jesus looked around, and it wasn't like, who touched me? They shouldn't have touched me. He didn't do that. He, was, he already knew who touched him, by the way, but he was just waiting for her to stand up and say, hey, it was me. She made it public. I had this problem. I touched you. I reached out, but you fixed me. And he was like, hey, guess what? Go in peace. You're good. You're healed. You got, you got it. He celebrated her. He didn't, he didn't embarrass her for it. If you grab hold of God and let him change you, you can have a better life. You can have the life you were meant to to have you were built for um you reach out by asking god for help and listening to his response that's the way it works so as we close this up today um and and we i know you notice if you've been here we do this every time but there's a couple really specific groups of people that we want to focus in on and that is first of all this first group is uh, people that say i've never actually connected with god and in the context of this message i've never really thought i needed a change but i've Maybe I came, you came this morning because you realized you did. And you're ready to make the first and biggest change a person can. You have this burning thing inside saying, I want to start a meaningful relationship with God. I, I know I need this. I think we're all born with that, by the way. Something that pulls us towards God. It's just a matter if we listen to it or not. And if this is you, I want to recommend that you do something. I want to recommend that you take a moment. It can be right now or it can you know, be later today, but you... You talk to God about it and say, God, I, I want to go your way instead. And as a matter of fact, if it was me and that was a group I was in, I want to, you know, we have typed out here. I want to kind of just read your, or say, show you what my conversation with God would be like if I was in, your, in that spot. There's no need to repeat it after me. And if you're here, you can certainly make this your own. It would go something like this. God, I, I want to be all in with you. I want you to lead my life. I, I know I need a change. Something about me has to change and please forgive me where I've gone wrong. Please forgive me where I've gone wrong on purpose. Holy Spirit of God, please fill me up with, with your life. Let it replace everything else and help me follow Jesus' example. Thank you so much for, for loving me and accepting me in your family. See, the conversation would go something like that. And we encourage you so much to do that. And if, if that's you today, and you're like, that's me. That's what I want to do. Um, we want to ask you to do something. We want to ask you to check on your Connect card. There's a little box that says, today I started a meaningful relationship with God. Um, what we want to do is we want to celebrate with you. And so 
just check it on there. When you either turn it in at the guest services or leave it on your chair, we're going to make sure we get to it. And we want to celebrate with you because it's a, it's a big, big deal. And then there's another group that you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just came to church just because my wife made me or my husband made me. That's all right. We want to encourage you to keep checking things out because my guess is you're intrigued a little bit. And it has nothing to do with me or Ed or anything else. It just has to do with God. And um, just see how things are going. Apply. Just try to apply some of the messages. Join an Ignite group or at least try once. And join up with some other people and discover what's going on around here. I think you might find that, that God is up to something. If you would, stand up with me. I want to encourage you guys to uh, begin to bring friends to Ignite. Uh, if you, again, if you're here for the first time and you've got that card, make sure you fill it out and take it to the guest services desk. And I want to pray for you all. Lord, I just lift up every person here. And I pray that you help us to see where we need a change. And God, as we reach out to you, I thank you that you, you have that change for us. That our lives can improve. That, that we can begin to experience and see and have a relationship with you that we never thought possible. I pray that you would bless each and every person that has come this morning. And I just pray that you ignite life in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.